important thing I want to say. Not through my life, through one's life. You learn about God. You learn to build up a picture book of his goodness. A picture book that he has never, ever forsaken you. You can look back at your pictures, and I'm talking about everyone. So I'm representing everyone. We look back at our pictures in faith, and we know God has never forsaken you, whatever has happened. Also, one should know then that whatever is to come will always be under God's guidance. You will always be in God's love, and he will always carry you through. You know that because he has always done that, and you have no reason whatsoever to doubt that. And, of course, this is where the trick comes. One does start to start to doubt that. Sometimes things happen. You think, oh, my word, my knees are buckling. And where is God? Hey, you remember he's always been there. And then in faith, you wait for him to show him again. And then you always know afterwards, he has carried me. He has built up my strength. He has built up my understanding of his goodness. And then... In the bad times, when dark clouds come, when things come around the corner that you have never, ever, ever thought will come, then his love and his grace becomes the wings under the wind under your wings. That becomes the grace that allows you to not tire. That allows you the grace to Every day, look at him and say, God, it doesn't matter what is happening. It doesn't matter what dark cloud is around me. It doesn't matter because I know I can get through this. And you go to your bed at night and you say, you have shown me little things today and I love you. You have shown me my own strength today and it's amazing, but you know it is in God's grace that you do that that you can be carried through that doesn't matter the dark cloud what comes around the corner god's grace will give you the strength every morning to get up and to say god you are good you are always there you have kept your promise you are glorious and i think if i can stop now It really is glorious to know a God and to have a spirit in one so that it does not matter why you stood in the front or why I am crying now. It doesn't matter. God's grace will carry our spirit through this world, through our bodily world, through our human existence. His grace will carry us one day when we put our heads down and we die and our spirits can be with him. That is glorious to know now already. We don't have to wait until we die one day. God's grace is carrying us now and it is a glorious life. Um, I can really testify that God's grace is good. Two things, a lot of you prayed for our twins that were very prim last year. And some of you saw them last week, fat and flourishing and healthy. And they've relocated from Cape Town to here last week. And 
Um, hopefully they'll come to our church, <laughs> but they are so well and healthy. So, but that's just one of the things. The other thing is about six weeks ago, my son-in-law, that another family from Johannesburg, had a very, very bad accident. Um, he was on a bicycle cycling to work, and a car turned into him, and he went straight through the windscreen, shattered his helmet, um, and had multiple, multiple um, broken um, bones, bleeding from the, the brain in six places, um, punctured lung, pelvis in two. Um, you know, he was at ICU for over a month um, and then and couldn't remember anything um, for two weeks. He totally lost his memory. I flew up to Joburg to look after the kids. Um, it was a really, really tough time for us. Um, he could remember, he thought he was 18 years old. He's actually 39. Um, he could remember his childhood. Then gradually it got better. Um, but he, he, the, he, from ICU, he went to rehab for two weeks. Um, he had to have quite a few operations while he was in ICU. And this week he was released, and he's home. So um, it's, it's an absolute miracle. But... <laughs> The bigger miracle for me is to see the change in his life. You know, he, he was a churchgoer. He, he said he knew the Lord, and yet he never spoke of the Lord at all. Now he cannot stop praising the Lord for what has happened. And his whole, he seems his whole um, demeanor has changed. He, he's now looking at life with a totally different um, perspective. So I can only say God's grace is, is good. And then we have a mad youngest daughter's wedding in two weeks. So <laughs> life is interesting. But thank you all for your prayers so much. Good morning, church. It's always wonderful to have people to come and encourage us. Every one of us has got a story, I'm sure. You must always feel privileged to come up and share with us because that's what the Lord wants. My testimony is a family testimony. <clears throat> and um, I'd like to start off by referring to you ladies. When you become pregnant, it's good news. But way, you begin to ask questions. I don't know if it's a good thing these days, because a lot of people go straight into Google and try and find ammoniac acid or right, etc., etc. But the thing is, you do question your pregnancy. But as the term carries on, month after month, the time draws close for that baby to be born. And of course, the family is getting excited because this is a new member of the family coming into the stronghold. Well, the day finally arrives, and guess what? The mother is experiencing all these intense labor pains, and they're not pleasant. How long will it go on for, these labor pains? But she knows the baby's coming, and she's working through these labor pains. Now, here's the picture which is so wonderful that God wants you to see. With all the pain and, and, and the troubling that she's having in her womb, suddenly this baby comes into, the, into, into life, and she gets handed the baby, and as the baby comes to her, she's changed in an instant. There's such joy, isn't that right? To me, it's a lovely, lovely picture of, of, of God's uh, 
wonder. Well, my testimony is our daughter Ashley, her first baby, was to be born. And I won't forget it to this day. Um, she went through her full term of pregnancy. And the day came when the baby was born. When the baby was born, the umbilical cord had wrapped around its neck three or four times, so much so that the baby was born blue. Ashley was so distraught, very, very upset. I was doing something. I got a call to come and uh, see them. I was at home at the time. And I'll never forget the picture of the distraught father not knowing what to do. And Ashley was beside herself. But something said to me, and the Holy Spirit said, just pick up the child and hold it. And after they had tried to resuscitate it, it got a bit of coloring. And I remember holding it in my arms. And I said, Lord, you are the breather of life. Breathe into this little girl. And um, what transpired out of that testimony is that little Kaylee began to have color come into her, her body. And um, Ashley had to ask the question, what's going to be happening to her in the long term because of the brain of the blood? And um, nobody had the answers. All I can tell you is to this day, Ashley is taller than her mum. She's turned into a beautiful girl, very bright, very clever, and she is, has no ramifications of what happened when she was born. And I just praise the Lord that he's re re released a, a spirit of joy in, in his spirit. So that's our testimony that something that looked so bad at the time, God turned it round. Amen. For a moment there, I thought I wasn't going to get to open the word this morning. Isn't the power of testimony just so amazing of God's amazing grace? And as a Barry was sharing that story. Uh, I remember back about 17, 18 years going to pray with Trent Cairns in a hospital. The same thing had happened. The umbilical cord had been caught around his neck. And uh, they said over him that he would struggle forever. Yeah, they, yeah. Firstly, firstly, they said he would die. He probably wouldn't make it. If and if he did make it, he would be he would be a vegetable. And this weekend, when we went up to to Clarence, we dropped in at uh, Neil and Shenley were uh, at Sunnyside Guest Lodge, and we went and visited them. And just to see Trenty, he's in matric. Yes. It's been a long struggle. Yes, he's had help. Yes, he has a teacher aid. But to see his progress, and I think in the next little while, somewhere along the line, we're going to have to get him here. He's done a testimony, which is on, uh, on, a, on a video, which he gave to the school recently. And uh, it would be good for us to hear. And just to see that through all the, the trials and tribulations of life, God's grace, God's amazing grace is always there. I think as we look at the miracle of birth, every, every birth is a miracle. Every single birth. I think of Anthony. 
Yes, you can, but uh, let me just share the story about Ant, and then you can. I'm sure many of us know the story of Ant. So he, when, he, when he was born, when he, we went through, Milan went through the normal labor process, and the waters broke and, and, all, and all that. And uh, when he was born, everything was fine. And then there were these words that as a parent you fear, the doctor actually said, is that baby all right? Yeah, can you tell the story better? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> My memory is not as good. So the gynecologist was a dude who liked to, when you pass the afterbirth, he, he, he would like to take it and stretch it out with his hands and say, oh, look, here's where the head was, here's where his feet were. Isn't this amazing? This was inside of you, and this is the little thing in which your baby grew. And as he stretched it out, he looked at it, and Ant was being examined on a little table there, I think doing the APGAR test and stuff. And they said, he said to the nurse, is that baby okay? And that's, you know, when your world goes, that everything just turns. Um, and he didn't explain anything. He just went across to Ant and, and had a look and, oh, my word. And he could not believe that Antony was okay. The deal was I should have miscarried at around six weeks. And when Jonathan heard that I was pregnant, he prayed every day of my pregnancy fervently and with a measure of emergency. And he never knew why. But things were so fragile in there. My umbilical cord was attached from, my, from his belly button to the, the membrane of that sack that he was lying in, not to the placenta. So a normal umbilical cord will go to the placenta, which is the life source. But, but this went to the membrane of the sac. And it's called a word, and I don't know what it is, and it's one in 100,000 people or something. It had never happened in the hospital before. Do you mind if we keep your placenta? We want to bottle it. We're going to use it as a study aid. And I'm going, Everybody do what you like. Just it. give me my baby. And... Um, the deal is he would have died had we had to have ruptured um, the water. So the water just broke naturally. I actually thought I was just doing a really long wee <laughs> and couldn't stop and couldn't stop and couldn't stop and didn't realize that was the water breaking. And God kept us from that. Now, it was never picked up in a scan. And I used to enjoy tapping my, prodding him and feeling my tummy and watch it move as I, as I was coming to full term. Apparently even that was super, super fragile. And that could have, because there was perhaps a vessel that went from the placenta to the membrane. And so he was getting minimal oxygen. He was getting minimal everything. And I mean, kids who are born and survive that should perhaps like not really be that normal. And you are normal. <laughs> what if it's been what normal is? Ben Siglovsky, the one and only, my son, is as a result of Sarepta's prayer. I was told I would have no children. Vesik and I had been married ten and a half years and we'd been through every infertility test. And it was eventually discovered that I had a, a major malfunction. I won't go into all the gory details because they're fairly gory. And the gynecologist's words to me were, 
I'm sorry, I cannot give you any hope whatsoever of conception. And I was absolutely devastated. We both were. And went across to England, a door opened for us to go and live in England. And in the most terrible circumstances, on a, you know, living with Vishik's aunt and her ex-jail warder boyfriend and I mean, let's not even go there. It was so ghastly and teaching in a lunatic asylum in North London and bleeding Tottenham and all that. In fact, everything was wrong. By the grace of God, this baby was conceived with a normal pregnancy, a normal birth, and Ben Siglowski is now 30 years old and was baptized, water baptized in this church and confessed his faith. So that is glory to God. We sang, we sang Amazing Grace, and it is amazing. All our lives are, are a miracle. That God came and He uh, interrupted our, our lives, as we looked at on Resurrection Sunday. The, that He has come and uh, given life to us. All our lives are sustained and originate in the breath of God. And we need God's breath. Anthony on Tuesday said, and said, Dad, you must preach on grace. And uh, I didn't listen to him. But we've experienced the grace of God here today and just seeing that in the, in the, in the turmoil of life, in the troubles of life, and I've been dwelling and we've been over the months looking at scriptures and we've been, I've been looking in, in John 14, 15, 16, 17, looking at uh, starts in 14, let not your hearts be troubled. And uh, then he says, why we don't have to let our hearts be troubled? He says we need to put our faith and our trust in God, who, who, uh, who, who was, Jesus was going to die. He was going to go to the cross. And so their hearts would have been really troubled. There wouldn't have been much peace. And yet Jesus said, don't worry. I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who's going to come and live in you, who's going to come and dwell in you. And your, your, uh, your, your, your sorrow and your, and your pain will turn into joy. Isn't that the testimonies and stories we've been hearing, this, we've been hearing about this, morn, this morning? The pain and the, and the sorrow that we have turning into joy. In John 14, verse 25, it says, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to remembrance at remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. He gives His peace. And I think it was uh, Joe last week, and I wasn't sure Joe was sharing about the peace of God, about not being anxious, about letting the peace of God guard our hearts. And in, in Philippians 4, verse 6 to 8, is a scripture, do not be anxious about everything, about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Peace isn't something that's 
God just dishes out. It's something much more than that. It's basically God is peace. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 9. In Isaiah chapter 9, we have that famous, famous portion of Scripture. Let it just read, let it just wash our souls this morning. And we were singing about, isn't he wonderful, counselor? Verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. If we have the Prince of Peace living in us, there will be no end to the peace that you and I can experience because He is the Prince of Peace. So peace is far more than just a sense of an absence of war and an absence of struggle. And sometimes when we get anxious and we are in fear and we are panicking, that's when we need to partner with Holy Spirit. That's when we need to partner with God. That's when we need to partner with the Prince of Peace. For you and I to have peace in this world, the only way we have peace is out of an intimate walk with Jesus, our intimate walk with Jesus, walking with Him and talking with Him every single day. And one of the scriptures says that, the, that we have peace. Why do we have peace? It says we have peace by the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of Jesus, we have peace. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are in an amazing place. You have peace, first and foremost with God. Because before we gave our lives to Jesus, we were at enmity with God. We were doing our own thing. And then God interrupted our lives. And we changed. And we changed and we have the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace living in us. Just think about that. Let, let those words that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Where should we go when there is anxiety and when there is trouble? We go to the Prince of Peace. Peace can't be generated by our own efforts. You know, what is it? If we, if we look at it in the... What are the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, goodness, all those self-control. We will bear fruit... You will bear fruit. I will bear fruit. If I can connect it to Jesus, if I'm attached to the vine. I don't have to try. I don't have to strive. I just have to be intimate with Him. And it flows naturally. 
peace is relational. It's the outcome of our encounters with the Prince of Peace and discovering that He can be depended on for always. He never leaves us, nor forsakes us. He's always there until the end of the earth. He doesn't simply deliver peace through the resolution of our circumstances. He gives us Himself. He is our constant. He is our peace. It is His unchanging nature that inspires us to be still and know the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. And Jesus modeled this life as He was on this earth. He modeled a life of peace. Many times in his life, once he started ministering, I mean, he gave that amazing sermon, sermon, that first sermon. What did he say? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I've come to preach the good news, to set the captives free, to declare the the year of the Lord's favor. He he proclaims all that, and, and the people are loving it. But as he's going out, they they want to throw him off a cliff. He's in a boat, in a storm. What's he doing? He's skipping. He's just there, sleeping. Why? Because he can. Because he knows his destiny. He knows whose he is. He knows what he's come to do. And he knows his times are in his father's hands. And he's got quite a tough road to go. He's got to go and give his life for you. That we might have peace. That we might know the love of God. You know, as you look at your life, and I think Joe said, Last week asked for a show of hands who was anxious and who was, who was troubled. And there were quite a lot of hands that, that kind of put up. And sometimes as we look at our lives, we, 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 we think, if only I could understand my life circumstances, then I would be at rest. If I could just know how it's all going to work out, then I could be at rest. But you and I can be at rest. You can be at peace. Why? Because of the faithfulness of God. I'm coming up now for 45 years of walking with Jesus. That goes back quite some time. 45 years. And He's never let me down. I've messed it up lots. I've not trusted him. And so that was a word for me today. As I look in the future and you think, wow, suddenly now I've got uh, weddings to arrange. Not just one, but two weddings. One in Germany and one in, in uh, Nottingham Road. And how's it all going to happen? Got a letter from the wedding venue. 
which I've done weddings for for the last 15 years at that venue. And it's a, not a cheap venue. And they said they would give me a 28.1% discount. I went and calculated that. Calculated. That's huge. That's the grace of God. That's the mercy of God. He supplies all our needs according to His riches and glory. Not according to my riches. According to His. That's just as well. And so it's... I want to leave just two words with you today. I want to leave with you the word peace, which uh, Joe talked about. In fact, even Ayander a few weeks ago, when he shared his story and he shared the story, the story was often related to the life of Joseph. And God was with Joseph throughout his whole life. Whether he was in being thrown thrown. About to be thrown to the to the light to the uh, in the pit to be eaten to be to be killed, God was with him. That didn't happen. And then, in Potiphar's house, he gets thrown into jail. The life of Joseph, God was with him. If you'd asked Joseph, he might not have been as confident as as it seems. If if we went through those things, we'd think, God, you've forgotten me. God has not forgotten you. Know that. God is there. And so, because He's there, we have peace. Because He has our lives in His hand. Because of our, His love for us. That's the other word I want to drop in. That He loves us. We've been singing about it all morning. He loves you. And I just have a look at the couple of weeks and this, this year has been not an easy year in starting off. It's been, there's been some struggles and challenges and people have gone and died and been gone to go and be with the Lord. And there's, there's been opposition and there's been, does that sound like your life? Probably. And just to be overwhelmed by the love of God. And it was so wonderful last weekend to go to, to Bethlehem to see Amy. Because here is Amy and Joel, these two young people. These two young people are in love. These two young people are passionate about each other. To see Amy glowing and shining and, and, and being so excited because she's loved. Do you know today that you are loved? That the King of the universe loves you. That God Almighty thinks you are amazing. Let's turn to Ephesians. And He wants us to understand this love. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. That according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. 
The thing you and I need to know more than anything in this modern world is we need to know that we are loved. And Jesus showed his love for you and I by going to the cross. And we need to know that love. We need to know that love not just in our head. We need to know it experientially in our hearts. And so I'm asking Holy Spirit now. I'm asking Holy Spirit. I ask Holy Spirit, come. Come and reveal to each person here that they are loved. You are loved. You are loved. As you Walk in that, in that identity, in that new identity, in an identity that says, I am loved. I am loved. I am accepted in the beloved. You are loved. I'm going to say that a few times. Because there are people here who do not know that they are loved. But Holy Spirit wants you to know and it's going to cement in your hearts that you are loved. I want you to say these words. I am loved. I want you to say it again. I am loved. I am loved. I am loved. By the Father, by the Son, and by the Holy Spirit. I, even I, am He who comforts you. Who are you that you have fear? That you forget the Lord, your Maker who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth, that you live in constant terror every day. I am the Lord your God, who churns up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord Almighty is his name. I have put my words in your mouth and covered you with the shadow of my hand. I, who set the heavens in place, who laid the foundations of the earth and who say to Zion, you are my people. And so I ask say again, I even I am He who comforts you. Who are you that you have fear, that you forget the Lord your Maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth that you live in constant terror every day? Where's that from? Isaiah fifty-one. That's who loves us. That's who loves us. There's a song, a children's song. Jesus loves me, this I know. Can you sing? Can we sing that? And let this, let these words echo in your heart this week. Sing it all through the week. Go to Isaiah 51 and read that. And know that's the one who loves you.